What's up, everyone? Welcome to the New Evangelicals Podcast. I'm your host. Here is another bonus episode. I hope you enjoy these. I've been trying to get a little more content out there. And the reason why we're doing this bonus episode is because it revolves around a very hot issue right now. I brought on Flamey Grant. Yes, the drag queen, Flamey Grant, to talk about what is a drag queen? What does it mean to dress in drag? What's the history of it? And of course, what is Flamey's story? So we talk about all those things. Now, I'm really big on on education. Now, I'm not educated in this field. I know so little about uh, what it means to even participate in a drag show. So instead of of defaulting to how I've been taught, which is trust white evangelicals to tell me what something is, I decided to go straight to the source and bring an actual drag queen on. This was a great discussion. It was so good, so insightful. Flamey was so gracious, and I really appreciated uh, Flamey's perspective. And I hope this helps you. I hope this educates you a little bit. I at least at a minimum hope it humanizes the people that we are watching so many conservative evangelicals and pundits completely dehumanize at this time. So without further ado, here is my interview with Flamey Grant. Well, Flamey Grant on the podcast. First off, let me just say, um, personally, as someone who grew up, um, you know, in evangelical culture, I, I absolutely love the name. It's great, and it, it is great to have you on the podcast, Flamey. Thank you for making time. I really appreciate it. I'm so happy to be here, Tim. Thank you for inviting me on. I appreciate it. For sure. So you and I talked before we started recording that, and I put my cards out on the table. This is something I'm just very ignorant about, the topic that we're going to talk about today. And I appreciate you having the bandwidth and agreeing to kind of just maybe educate me a little bit and also educate the listeners. And I want to be clear to the listeners out there, this is not about the morality of any of this, okay? We're a queer affirming. We are fully affirming. This is not This is not about the morality. Is it right or wrong? I'm not interested in that. It's, it's not an issue for me. The question is, you know, how can we learn as we explore the Christian tradition, how can we learn different vantage points, different perspectives about what makes, makes people tick, etc. So I want to start here, Flamey. I, I, I did a little bit of TikTok research on your TikTok, and oh you, you mentioned that you grew up in evangelical spaces. Is, is that correct? That is very correct, yes. yes Would yes. you be open to sharing some of that with us? Sure. Um, so I am, it's, it's funny because I'm actually right now Speaking with you from North Carolina, which is the state I grew up in, mm. I'm, I'm here here on vacation, a little family vacation. Um, it's actually the first time in over a decade I've chosen to come back to uh, not not back to North Carolina, but come back for this specific extended family vacation. Um, wow. So yeah, it's it's I'm in a interesting state of mind. I think as I drive around these streets and, yeah. and uh, see see the you know just the state I grew up in, but. Um, hmm. I, uh, I'm actually from Western North Carolina originally, uh, deep in the Appalachians. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, I grew up uh, in Asheville, North Carolina, which mm -hmm. people know it as this, you know, fun, hippie, um, mountain town that's really progressive and kind of a, a blue little dot in the middle of a, a red <laughs> part of the country, sure. um, which it is. Uh, however, it is still possible to grow up in that space and know none of that. Mm. So, um, I, my, uh, the tradition I was brought up in is called Plymouth Brethren. And oh, we really, I know Plymouth Brethren. Do you? Yes. Yes. It's rare. It's rare that people have that look of recognition in their eyes when I say that. So that's delightful. Correct um, me if I'm wrong. Isn't that a branch of a Justin, uh, John Nelson Darby? Didn't he start the, the Plymouth Brethren movement, I believe, or something um, like that? 
Dar- the the name Darby is really familiar to me. Okay. Uh, okay. Maybe. Maybe. Okay. I, 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 all I all I really know and remember about it at this point in my life is sure. how um, committed we were to being not associated with anything like no no associations with like people no leadership there's no paid staff or anything like right, that it's that's like we, right we are we're here to meet exclusively in the name of jesus yeah. and um and that's what it's about and anything beyond that is like totally like veering off into you know sin territory like <laughs> yeah just very very committed to we meet in the name of jesus um, so they're called like they call themselves the assemblies or like mm-hmm. you'll see a lot of Bible chapels or gospel chapels, yeah, like gospel uh, halls, are, something like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Absolutely. So um, wow. that's what I grew up in. It's wow. very, very, um, I, you know, like like uh, my mom still wears a head covering to church yeah, and women. Yeah. yeah. Women are not permitted to to speak. They're not they don't use their voice, their mm-hmm. their voice during services. Um, there are other ways they can serve. They can teach Sunday school. They can, you know, handle the, the fellowship kids. meals. Yeah. They can watch the kids. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's, uh, I mean, the meeting itself is not like uh, most traditional church gatherings. It's it's a, a very somber. Um, mm-hmm. you, you come around the communion table. Um, we call it the Lord's Supper, obviously. And, um, and it's just a very quiet hour where... Um, uh, it's kind of popcorn like you know we call it spirit led in college but like <laughs> we would never use those terms in the chapel like right. it's just the right. men in the room will take turns just kind of spontaneously standing up to call out a hymn for us to sing yes. or to say a little prayer or even to open up the scriptures and do a little um homily mini homily uh or just reflection on something yep so it's it's just it's a space that's reserved for the men to do that uh for an hour and then we end the the service by taking communion every week and um and again it's just like it was it's kind of a miserable hour there was this one man in my church growing up who just wept every single sunday Mm. uh over his um betrayal of god right and his Mm. his sin nature and just like that that deep seated generational like you're you're a worthless human uh and you really desperately needed jesus to come do this for you it is the only thing the only saving grace in your life and so that's why it's so important to those folks to gather around and memorialize that because they feel very worthless we sing a lot of songs about being worms (laughs) yeah yes i actually attended um a a plymouth brethren service and my wife and i had to sit on the outer ring we were not mm-hmm. per- permitted oh. to participate in communion because we're not yeah, part you of went the to church. A closed, a yes, close assembly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, of course, women wear wore head coverings, and um, I remember. And there was no, there's no music. It's only a cappella. Um, so yes, wow. That is that is uh, such a small world. That yeah. Okay, very interesting. So that's how you grew up. Fascinating. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. So I um, I mean, really early on, yeah. you know, learned to learned that there was something in me that was um that made people around me uncomfortable and mm. um you know just that that uh the tendency towards what we call feminine things uh the softness the you know i got called a sissy a lot growing up um and just really early recognized that oh this is something that's not um wanted or welcome or embraced in any in any way yeah. in this world that i that i'm growing up in which is the world at that point you know you don't you have no concept that there is anything other than what you what it, what you're totally. brought up into. Yes. So in my mind, 
there was no place in the world for these parts of me. And I learned to, I tried, I tried to learn to butch it up <laughs> as they say, I don't know how successful I was. I thought I was really successful. You know, I, in high school, I was like, I've got these motherfuckers. I'm sorry. Can I, how, you can how curse. Do feel? You're, you're good. Okay. You're good <laughs> I've got, I've got these people fooled. Um, so football, uh, UFC, yeah, manly stuff. Right? <laughs> yeah. uh-huh, uh-huh. there was a whole year. There was a whole year where I was very into baseball. And okay. like when, when, my first year, when I moved to San Diego, I was like, I'm going to learn everything there is to know about baseball. And I went to like 30 Padres games that year and was miserable and right. don't remember any of it. Like I really did. I learned the game and now I, I could go to a baseball game. And be like, mm. I, I don't, I forget what, what happens now. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Something about throwing balls and trying to hit it with a bat or something. I don't, yeah. I don't know. I, you know, I know, I know we stand up and sing a song during the seventh <laughs> inning. Like that was my favorite <laughs> yeah. part, like the, the congregational singing. Um, <laughs> so yeah. Uh, okay. So, so, so on this journey for you, was there a moment or was it a gradual progression where you said, you know what, like how I grew up and, and how I was taught to see the world, I can no longer reconcile it with just with who I am. And I, I, I'm at a crossroads here. You know, either I go down path A or B. Was there a point in time for you where that happened or was it gradual? What did that look like for you? I would say both and. I would mm. say for the, for the most part, it was a very gradual long drawn out process my my coming out process which right. you know we talk about uh it was was a decade long um and it started with me just telling a handful of very close friends that i like the first person i ever told i had to point to a, 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 one of the one of the clobber passages i don't remember which one but a book in the a verse in the bible and say like this is me this is what i struggle with i couldn't even say like i'm gay or i'm same-sex attracted or anything like that so right. it was there's just a really slow like admission to myself and to the people around me that I struggle, you know, I'm doing air quotes for the <laughs> right, listeners. Right. I struggle with same sex attraction. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I did uh, Exodus, which if you're familiar oh, with yeah. that, was yeah. Yeah, the, the uh, conversion therapy, reparative therapy wow. uh, for, for five years. Um, I really tried. <laughs> I did my damnedest um, to fit in uh, belong with, you know the the world that I knew. I I was it's right, it's right. very scary to grow up with no concept or or to have to grow up with a concept of um your world being the only safe good place and yes, yes. stepping outside of it is going to be grief. It's going to be um, struggle. It's going to be lead 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 you to being dead in a ditch somewhere. Right? Like that. That's the vision that is painted for was was painted for me, and um so it's scary. And you try anything you possibly can to hold on to the the what your only notion of safety your only notion of love which you know i look back now and those i wasn't safe at all right. <laughs> i was i was deeply being harmed uh on a daily basis mm. um and and i did not grow up knowing what real love was um for the most part you know with respect to my parents who did their best um sure sure i understand that i uh uh so my, yeah. So back to your question, very slow, long journey. And then there did come a point um, where I decided after, after trying single and celib- being single and celibate for a long time, after trying the reparative therapy, like I said, and after trying to be in relationships, uh, you know, heteronormative relationships, um, sure. I, sure. Uh, I did come to a point where I was like, I am at some sort of a crossroads and I have to decide whether I'm going to live my life for me or for someone else. And, um, and so that was the moment where I, I decided I, w- I would start to date men and, um, 
that co- that was a I call it a crossroads because it just changed a lot in my life. Like mm. it, it, I I lost I I had moved to San Diego to start a church, so I lost my place in that church. Wow. Um, yeah, church planter, worship leader, all the all the things, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all, all the all the people who uh, you know are the first to deconstruct are you know had had a really had their hands deep in the oh, church, right? Like we were, we preach, were in preach that. <laughs> yeah, we weren't, but we weren't butts in pews. No, we were, no. I, I was not just a Sunday morning attender, you know, it was not that yeah. way. Okay. Yeah. Wow. All right. So, so where, when did you discover, and again, forgive if I'm not using the right words here, but I guess the world of drag, you know, the, the, yeah. the, the drag queen community, when did you first discover that? And what were your thoughts when you first discovered it? Yeah. Before I answer that question, can I ask you, because you, sure. you know, you've said like, I, I don't know how, I don't know how much I know about this world. Yeah. Can I, can, can you tell me what you do know? Like, tell me what you think drag is, because I'm just really curious and interested to hear this, this from you okay. and then okay. and yes. dive into it. So yeah. I'll, I'm going to switch with no judgment from me. Like Fair. just know that I'm, 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 it's actual curiosity. <laughs> yeah. The, all I really know about it is I, uh, is I guess for lack of a, of a better word, maybe just men who dress up in, in uh, more feminine clothing, um, and dance. I mean, I've watched one episode of, uh, what's the big show on, a. Uh, uh, what's what's it on? Is it on Bravo? RuPaul's yeah, Drag, ra- uh, yeah, drag RuPaul's Race. Drag yeah. Race. Yeah, I watched one episode of that. I was like, okay, you know, I, I'm trying to track. I'm trying to, again, just something that I have no categories for, right? I've never been exposed to it. So that's that's about all I got. You know, I I, I, I love it. yeah. I mean, that, that's that's pretty it. much it. To be honest with you, Flamey, I gotta be honest. Yeah, that's that's my understanding. And then you know, of course, we're, we'll get into it later. But of course, with with how certain people are trying to blow this up, you know, uh, I'm you know, it's um, they're. I've always wondered, even before all this, like, okay, is it is it always like, is there a sexual element to it? Is it, is it just dancing? But then, as I thought about that more, I realized that that's our, our just society as a whole. So I don't think that, that 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 my question was really unique just to the drag community. But yeah, I mean, that's pretty much all I got. That that that's it. Uh, I love it so much. That's, <laughs> that's very fun for me to hear. Can Men I tell you how I feel right somebody- now? Yes, please. So I, I play in a professional cover band, all right, um, in, okay. in New Jersey. I, I play music. And the band I play with has no context for the world I grew up in. They don't know what purity culture is, deconstruction. Mm. And whenever I ask them the same, like a question, so, so-and-so, what's your thought on purity culture? Whenever I hear their answers, you know, like, <laughs> I don't know, you know, like you, you, you wear, you wear a dress all the time. I don't, you know, it just, like, yeah, okay. You're kind of there, but so that's how I feel right now on the other end of the conversation. <laughs> well, it's so great. It's so great because, um, I mean, I, I, I am very relatively new to the world of drag myself. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't, I didn't, I, I knew what it was from a young age, but again, it was part of the, like the world that I wasn't allowed to know. Like, and that's, right. you know, th- that's clearly of the path of sin. And so avoided at all costs. Um, and, you know, it wasn't uh, like so many Americans drag race, RuPaul's drag race was right. uh, my, my was was a main entry point for me. I did have some friends who took me to some drag shows uh, a few years ago uh, when I was being living living my more comfortable life as myself uh, here or not here. I'm not in San Diego right now, but in San Diego where I currently live. Yeah. Um. So I'd seen a few drag shows, and then it was really, you know, yeah, coming across Drag Race and look and binging some of the older seasons, and that just like opened up the the world for me mm. but um <laughs> men who dress in women's clothes and dance <laughs> like, let's boil it let's boil it down it's kind of what i got to be honest with you yeah, yeah. exactly 
So uh, I, we talked before, you know, the program just about uh, how there are, you know, I, ca- I can't represent the drag community myself because yeah. the drag community is massive It's it, and it's very diverse. Mm. Um, so men who dress in women's clothes and dance is like a slice, like huh. it's a slice. Now, it is the slice that most people are familiar with because of things like drag race. Um, I mean, there's, there has not been a, uh, a, uh, uh, AFAB performer assigned female at birth, uh, performer on drag race until last year. I think, um, the, the UK version had the, the first, uh, female performer on the show. Um, drag is not something that belongs to cisgendered men at all. Um, okay. Any anybody can perform drag, um, and and drag doesn't have to be uh, feminine presenting or what we you know what we call female presenting um, uh, costumes either. Like it can be all kinds of things. Like there's there's um, obviously drag kings who are typically often AFAB performers uh, who are who are presenting male on stage. Huh. Um, there are all every iteration in between where you've got like a female uh, performer who's presenting female presenting drag on stage, a male performer who's presenting male presenting drag, and then everything in between, like all versions of gender that are mixed up, um, non-conforming, non-binary, like androgynous. Like, I don't want you to know what kind of gender I'm trying to portray because that's not the point of what I'm doing on stage right now. Like, Hmm. um, and then there's just, just in terms of what what the actual art form is, it, it's yeah. it is dancing often, um, but it is also it can be comedy, it can be it can be anything. Like I sing, I'm a I'm a drag per, uh, singer for the most part. I do a little bit of lip sync, and I sometimes try to dance. But <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it, I think in my bio on my website, there's a joke about how bad my dance moves are. So like I'm very aware of where my skills lie and where they don't. So. <laughs> um, so yeah, there you you can. I mean, I, I just I, I like to think of drag as theater. Uh, you know, like you can go to the theater and you can see a really intense drama um, that's telling like a really emotional human story. You can see a musical that is just like there to make you smile, right? Like it's just it's just glitter and lights and yeah. dance, you know, dance moves and music. Um, you can go and see comedies. You can go see like classical theater, like Shakespeare. And so drag is very much the same thing. It's, it's a, it's not one type of performance or one type of, um, well, yeah, it's not just one type of performance. It is a, an avenue where you can bring your creative spirit, your creative mind um, and create what you want. Um, but it obviously is rooted very much in queer culture. And that is because, um, and, and I would say it probably has a lot of its roots in what you, what you just described, which is, um, male performers dressing in feminine costumes and doing lip syncs and, and like embodying the feminine. Right. And that's because, um, there's no space. (laughs) There was no space for them to do that. Mm. Um, you know, what I described in, in my upbringing, like I have pictures of me as a toddler um, walking around in my, you know, stumbling around in my mom's heels um, with one of her skirts pulled up to underneath my armpits. Um, <laughs> yeah. So like those inclinations 
are innate. They are inborn in us. Like they are just, they, they come out at the earliest of ages. And, um, and when something is so suppressed and oppressed in you, uh, it has, you know, it has to find a way out one way or another. And I think that's, that was what a lot of drag was, especially back when drag was not an acceptable art form, which, you know, we, we are still learning obviously how unacceptable mm-hmm. it is in mm-hmm. a lot of communities. But, um, but when it was largely an unacceptable, when you did not have RuPaul making bazillions of dollars with her, the many iterations of her TV show. Um, so we had to create these safe spaces and we had to go underground and make sure that the people we were performing with were, were safe people. And, um, and it was just, it was a way to let your, honestly, let that, let that inner child be heard. Like that's, Hmm. I, for me, so much of drag and my experience with it has been inner child work and coming back to who I wanted to be early, early on before it all got fucked up by mm. messages that I received from the church around me, from family, from my Christian school. Um, yeah. It's, it's a, it's a, a really healing thing in so many ways. Well, I was going to ask uh, you kind of, you're, I think we're kind of, we're kind of on this path now. I was going to mention or ask the question, like for you specifically, because like you said, I'm not asking you to represent the entire, you know, mm-hmm. uh, drag community because you're just one person. But for you, what what is the art form that you're trying to communicate, right? Is, is it like uh, an FU to like uh, gender norms? Is it like, hey, there's this part of me that I can't express in, in a normal cultural setting, so I'm just going to go all out in this in in, in, in this expression of art? What yeah. is it for you that 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 when when someone watches you perform, you're trying to tell them. Yeah, absolutely. So this is a, I think this is a really personal question, I think for each performer. And so mm. I will answer it from my, from exclusively from my experience and, and why I did what I, why I do what I do and came to where I am. Um, so when I first started doing drag, which again, feels like such a process because I don't think, I started doing drag. I think I started by like putting on a little eyeshadow one day and saying like, what is, what, what does that look like? What does that feel like? Sure. Um, or, you know, buying a, a dress or a skirt and being like, what is this going to feel like if I prance around in my, in the privacy of my room a little bit and see, yeah. it, see where it goes. Um, like I said, my husband and I were, uh, had been binge watching. He, my husband had been into drag for years. Um, you know, long before I met him. So, and it is really through him that I started watching the show and everything. And we were binging and we were kind of laughing one night about what would our drag names be, you know, if we, if we were to create drag, drag characters. And um, I was like, well, I mean, so many people name themselves after icons and, and they, or they, or they fashion themselves after, you know, these female powerful performers, Cher and Madonna and um, you know, we have, there's a, a queen called Tina Burner. So I was like, well, I didn't have those growing up. I wasn't allowed to listen to, <laughs> right, right. to any of that. I, I mean, the, the wildest I got was like, uh, like sneaking some Natalie Merchant into my CD, <laughs> CD collection in high school. Um, so I was like, but I loved Amy Grant. Like she was my, that, that was my fat, powerful um, female icon, like persona that in my life that I looked up to. And um, so, you know, obviously the name Flamey came from that. And 
uh, he laughed. My husband laughed when I said it. And I was like, oh, like, that's kind of cheeky. And it gets a laugh, just even the name. So I was like, I'm going to file that away. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. <laughs> I, I, I didn't even tell him. I didn't even tell my husband that I went and I, like, created the Instagram account and, like, saved. I saved the handle everywhere. <laughs> yes. Um, I don't just that. because that's the kind of person I am. Like, I have an idea. And I'm like, I better go get the website. Just in case, right? <laughs> just in case this goes somewhere. So case. great yeah. job. It worked out. <laughs> I get that completely. Yeah. Um, so for months, I was like, I, I kept that account on private, had no followers, and I was just <laughs> posting little little progress pics of my, my makeup <laughs> um, evolution, we'll call it. Um, you know, there's, there's some of those pics are still on there from the very beginning. They're really delightful to go back and be like, okay, we've, we've come a long way, baby. But um, <laughs> I, uh, it, for me, it really did start as just this like personal private space that I wanted to explore. Who was that kid in those pictures, mm. you know, who, who had this impulse to go drag things out of his mom's closet and got in trouble for ruining her mascara and, and lipsticks and things like that. Um, who, what was that kid trying to do? And, um, I mean, I, I call it inner child work because I feel like I'm going back and giving space for myself to, to, to do, to, I'm giving permission and, and mm. space to explore what I was drawn to naturally growing up, but that I had been forbidden from doing for decades. Yeah. Um, forbidden by my culture and then ultimately by myself. Cause I, you know, I'm responsible <laughs> for myself at some point and, right. and I, I'm the one, no one forced me to go into Exodus. Like I did that voluntarily. Like mm. I desperately was, was trying to, so I, I, I did a lot of those things to myself. And um, uh, so that's the, the healing part for me. It's mm. like forgiving, forgiving myself, um, making up for lost time. And, uh, and yeah, just, just going for it now, because I do feel like we, you know, so much of us spend decades in service of a, um, you know, a, a message of oppression ultimately. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. and, and um, I think part of, for me, part of why the extremism of drag is yeah. so, so um, compelling and it is, it's extreme. Like you, you, you're, you're, you're overdrawing a lip to twice as big as it is on a, you know, a natural <laughs> right. uh, biological female, right? Like right. Um, you are, your, your hair is 10 times the size you're wearing like <laughs> rhinestones out the waz and corsets that, you know, make your shape an exaggerated version of a feminine shape. And, and it's all very extreme. And to me, that's because I, <laughs> I'm, I'm compressing in this time in my life, you know, decades of ignoring mm. my body, ignoring what, what my, my spirit was longing for and what I was crying out for from inside. And, um, and so the uh, it's kind of, it's, it, it, it is a little bit of a fuck you. It is a little bit of a, a statement of, yeah, I'm going to go absolutely <laughs> all out with this because right. I gave, I gave you so much of my time. I gave you so mm. much of my mental capacity. I gave you my body yeah. in service of this agenda that I now realize how harmful it is and the damage it did to me, the damage that I did to other people by perpetuating it for years. Yeah. And, um, and I'm gonna, 
I'm going to be extreme in this because it's, first of all, it makes me feel good. <laughs> um, I think it makes a lot of other people feel good. And, uh, and really that is, if, if I have a creed at this point, it's uh, being happy, yeah. be happy rather than right. I spent way too, way too many years trying to be right. And, um, and I don't, think there is a right Mm. anymore Mm. um it not in the way that not in the way that we thought of it in evangelical circles growing up so yeah yeah um the pursuit of happiness Hmm. so shopping these days can be underwhelming but at qvc we believe those who love to shop deserve a living breathing way to shop where product descriptions are alive with demos by creators chats with inventors and hosts who know the most from self-care and kitchenware to fashion trends and forever faves at qvc we bring life to products and products to life shop qvc.com podcast and use code qvc 15 podcast for 15 dollars off 30 dollars for new customers this is shopping brought to life If someone you love is struggling with their mental health, you don't have to struggle alone. Call or text 988 to get resources and support from trained crisis counselors who can help you help them. 988 Suicide and Crisis Lifeline. Hope has a new number. So that's really helpful. Um, And the reason why, you know, Flamey, I even asked you on is because as new evangelicals as an organization in, in our content, even people that we don't like, let alone people that we like, such as yourself, we really want to rehumanize them, you know, because, mm, because yeah. there's such a dehumanizational, I hate to use the term spirit, but there's like a culture of that. Uh, both yeah, yeah. of course, in evangelical circles, as you and I have both experienced in our own ways, but also in like the, the culture uh, as a whole as well. And, and it seems like when it comes to, you know, um, uh, drag shows and, and being a queen, there's such a, a dehumanization happening specifically right now in particular, which again, there's nothing, I can't say it's the first time I've seen this, but it's, it's kind of come back around, I guess we could say. And, and it's so important because I think people will see clips taken out of their context. People mm-hmm. fear what, what they don't know or what feels foreign to them. And what they do is they dehumanize people like yourself Right. Yeah. Um, as just, oh, whatever, you know, in, insert dehumanize, dehumanizing slur here. Can we talk about that for a few minutes? Like, I'm sure you're you're at least somewhat aware, if not well aware of the mm-hmm. current focus, mainly by conservative commentators and white evangelical leaders. Um, and I keep tabs on a lot of them. So I definitely can say, at least on my perspective, and emphatically, they're, they're really targeting now, again, uh, specifically the drag community, I feel like. And yeah. I'm sure you know about the, the the thing that happened in Dallas. There was a family-friendly drag show, and maybe 20 kids there, and Ali Stuckey and Charlie Kirk and all these people blew it up to be this, you know, they they, 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 they brought up the, the classic word they're using now, grooming. This is grooming mm. our children, you know. Yeah. Can you, and I, I think that there are, just to be transparent with you, I think that there are some people who would think, yeah, you know, I'm not sure if maybe, like, like it, 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 it's uh, maybe I'm not sure if a drag show is kid appropriate, right? I think like anything, I, I'm a parent. I have to ask those questions for my kid. Can you yeah. kind of give me your perspective on um, what is a family friendly drag show? Like, have you ever been yeah. to one, been a part of one, and what's what is like the goal of of maybe bringing uh, a parent and and some younger kids to a show like that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so. Yes, I am aware of what's been going on. I will say that I made a really conscious decision for myself um, yeah. at the beginning of pandemic to start tuning out a little bit to national news and just put more of my energy 
locally. Mm, um, that sense. was like just purely for my own mental health. So I, I, yeah. I and, and actually not just purely for my own mental health. I actually think that we are, um, you know, we evolved from uh, tribes, like, like humanity gathered in tribes. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, and, and I think that I don't know that we've evolved mentally to the point we have like actually physically in the world to be able to like take in everything that's happening in the world and be aware all the time of, of every, every atrocity, every, um, everything. So obviously I am tuned in a little bit into what's happening in the drag queen world, but, um, for the most part, I really try to keep my, my energy into my community, my local community in San Diego. What are we doing? How are, how are we holding each other up? That kind of thing. So, um, I actually, I did, I had to go do a little bit uh, more research once when you reached out to me, because I had seen things on, you know, as I was Instagram scrolling about what was happening in Texas, but I was like, yeah, I need to go. I do need to learn about this one. (laughs) This is is directly affecting my community. So let's go figure it out. Um, so I mean, I totally get the, uh, the hesitation of a lot of parents to be like, Oh yeah. Like drag shows. I don't know. Is that, uh, is that, can that be family friendly? Like I fully understand if you've not been exposed to the community, why that would be a concern because yeah, the clips that are going to get shown um, might be from a very adult drag show. Hmm. Um, But I think just calling back to what I was saying earlier about drag, like think of it as a theater, like Hmm. you can bring any kind of performance into a theater stage, right? Like you can bring a family friendly show uh, and then you can also bring a very, adult drama um uh you can have a lot of language you can have nudity on stage like those the 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 space can accommodate a lot of things drag and drag can also accommodate a lot of things um so Hmm. i would definitely say that there are drag shows that 90 percent of reasonable you know parents would be like yeah no that's not for my kid Hmm. um and i think the drag queens performing in the show would be like I'm uncomfortable performing this in front. Like, right. like, why did you bring your kids to this show? Like, I'm a little uncomfortable, but you know, you're the parent, whatever. Um, right, you know, I've, right. I've been, I've been in movies like R rated movies where yeah. uh, family comes in and sits in front of me and, and I'm, I'm uncomfortable watching what's happening on screen seeing like what I assume to be a 12 year old kid right there. Like, right. Um, so so yeah, like let's just acknowledge that and and get it out of the way. Of course, not every drag show is going to be family friendly. It's not going to be appropriate for children. Um, but we need those spaces as adults. We need right. <laughs> we need to be able to tell all the 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 full rich human story, um, which includes sexuality, which includes um, language, which you know it, yeah. it includes everything. That sometimes we we wait until kids have reached a certain age before we introduce things to them. Right. Like, yeah. Um, but, uh, yes, I have, I have been to drag, uh, family friendly drag shows. I'm trying to think if I've, well, I guess I have performed because I've preached in drag, um, <laughs> uh, a couple of times actually. So yes, I have interacted with kids in drag myself. Um, I, 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 I the, the level of scrutiny that's being placed on. Yes drag queens right now is totally out of proportion to uh the scrutiny that would be put on any other kind of performer right 100 percent. yeah and i think it's just kind of a natural thing a natural reaction fear response um uh that happens when something becomes like 
wildly popular popular like drag has now become i mean you know drag race the, the rupaul's drag race show has i think there's like 14 seasons now and wow. then there are it, there are editions in like 10 other countries there are like all-stars editions where it's like we're going to bring back winners from previous seasons or, or contestants from previous so it's like it is spun out there there's DragCon, which i just went to in la which is you know the physical festival um which there were a lot of kids there. A lot of people uh, bring their kids to to DragCon. Um, so it is just, it's having like a cultural moment right now, for sure. Mm. Um, and I think that when, when that happens, and anytime that happens uh, in history, that like something that makes the... <laughs> The, the pearl clutchers like yeah you know oh my yeah. gosh I, I, this makes me uncomfortable like there's a movement there there's there's like uh, a little bit of an uprising that that says like this is inappropriate we can't that think who will think of the children you know Revan lovejoy's wife on the simpsons like um won't someone think of the children and i think that's kind of what's happening here you know i'd like to say i'm not terribly concerned about it because in my interactions in the world like I, I i interact with reasonable people for the most part who mm. who get it and even friends of mine who don't know drag like when i started doing drag i didn't i didn't i didn't come up in a world of drag queens right like i came up in a world of church and and so i still have a lot of holdovers from that space so when i started doing drag like there weren't other drag queens in my life like i was doing drag for like my friends who'd never really experienced drag before. Right. Um, and even there, there, it was like, Oh, okay. Like, so this is a new thing for you, Matthew. Let's, uh, what we, what, 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 we'll go there with you. Like we, we, um, because it's, we have the relationship with you. We have, we know who you are. We trust you as a human being kind of thing. So, yeah. Um, I don't know where well, I was going with this, but if you don't mind, like, I yeah, can, can I verbally process something with you as you're talking, yeah, absolutely. right? Because I'm, yeah. I'm, I, I've even, I'm even asking myself the question, like Tim, why, when you first saw clips of whatever, however long ago, you know, of a drag show, why were you like kind of, you know, whoa, this feels uncomfortable? Because the reality is, I'm a huge Marvel fan. I've dressed up as the Hulk. I've spray painted my body green more than one time. Okay, I mean, I'm talking like Walmart graffiti level paint. Oh, hold on, someone's calling. My wife's calling me. One sec. Let me tell her I'm on an I'm in, uh, in an interview. One minute here. Right um, in interview, can't talk. Okay. Um, so that solves that. So anyway, so you know, my my point though is that um, I I have done that right, and I I've done it more than once. And I know friends who like to cosplay. I I used to watch a yeah. show. I think on on Sci Fi. I forgot what it was called, but. It was people who would create entire costumes based on a certain theme, right? And they would be completely – you wouldn't know who they were anymore. I never thought right. about that as being problematic or or I never thought about that as being like, whoa, I'm sorry. You, you like to dress up as Thor in your bedroom? Yeah. I don't yeah. know. I'm really uncomfortable. But for some <laughs> reason, right, there's this – thing in or this was it's slowly getting removed but there's this thing in my head that goes whoa 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 uh flaming grin i don't know uh a lot of makeup here a lot of hair going on mm -hmm. i'm not sure how i feel and and i can only assume and again i would love your your thoughts as, as i'm kind of just thinking about this for the first time to be honest i i have to assume that it comes back down to how i was taught about human sexuality right and and, mm -hmm. and like what is appropriate for um for 
quote-unquote men, quote-unquote women, and how our society perceives those things, right? I mean, we yeah. both know in history uh, there were times where blue was seen as a feminine color and pink yeah. as a male color. And now, of course, yeah. in our culture, it's the opposite, right? But if if a little boy likes pink, suddenly we go, oh, my God, like, they can't like yeah. pink because whatever. So, I'll, you know. They're, Sound they're, the alarm. Yeah, exactly, right? So, so it is interesting as I'm talking to you and you're talking, I'm like, wait a second, this has not been a thing for so many other types and groups of people that enjoy um, going into a different headspace to express a part of themselves that maybe can't be expressed when they're walking into Walmart, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. But why, for some reason, when it comes in particular, you know, to drag queens, not only you know potentially me or whatever, but our society, especially evangelicals, yeah. are like, whoa, whoa, too far. I think yeah. you really hit it on the head when you said it's it's unfair scrutiny that really is completely overblown. Um, so Absolutely. I don't know. I was thinking about that. It just yeah. Wow. No, oh, no, you're you're one hundred thousand percent correct. Like, um, ask any queer person, and we will tell you that the people who are obsessed with sex <laughs> the most are are people who've had it, are people who to whom it is a taboo, or right, that or that right. that sex itself is. Uh, there are, are so many rules around it. Like we can't, we can't, when we come out or when we just talk about being queer in general, like we're very aware that like what immediately goes through the minds of half of the people that we're talking to, right. Or, or more, well, I don't know, uh, is like bedroom, like what's going on in the bedroom, what's right. going on in your pants. Like right. what, like queerness is not exclusively about, what's going on in our pants or what's going on in our bedrooms. Like mm. that the, the little kid, Matthew in those pictures wearing his mom's heels. I was not a sexually functioning human yet. <laughs> like, I was barely a functioning human. Like I could barely walk. <laughs> right. Um, uh, and something in me saw my mom, right. Like saw the feminine human and was like, that is interesting to me. I am drawn to that. Like, I want to explore that. Like, um, and it had nothing to do with, it has, it has absolutely nothing to do with what I, who I would become later in life as a sexual being. Mm. And, um, and I think that is, that can be just as apparent too in, in the queer culture, because you have plenty of queer folks who do not do drag and are not drawn to drag. And that's not like, that's just not a thing for them. Right. Um, and, and you even have a handful of straight folks who are drawn to drag and, and, and try. And actually I would argue like what you were just talking about, like Marvel superheroes, not like, that's just a fucking human impulse. Like we see something and we think it's cool yeah. and we want to represent it in our bodies totally. in an exaggerated extreme way for a short period of time. Right. right. Like, right. and we want to gather with other people who care about that thing and we want to have a big celebration around it. Like, that's just a human I, thing that we do. I don't want to stay spray painted as the Hulk. In fact, I don't do it anymore. It's, <laughs> it's a pain in the ass to get off, you know? So, yes, I, I see the movie with all my friends. We take a few cool pictures. We have a good time. And then I yep. go home and I, I take it off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly that. So, I think drag can so much, like, if you can just think of it in those terms, like hmm. that's a lot of what drag is. Now, at the same time, I think, and for me and for a lot of a lot of folks, um, I think drag opens up doors and allows us to 
excuse me, to ask questions that we weren't allowed to ask growing up. Mm. So like I identify as non-binary now, which is a thing that happened after I started doing drag. Um, huh. Huh. And I think, I think it opened up for me that like, like the, the kid Matthew walking around in those heels, like that there, there was something in there that was more, more internal and more part of my, like my sacred, like my, my soul, my divine, my, whatever you want to call it. Like, is it, uh, I don't, um, you know, it just, it just let me ask the question of like, how do I want to walk around in the world and, yeah. and present like, what is this, this idea of gender, which is such a <laughs> crazy, like convoluted thing that we've just invented and, and has evolved, um, over centuries. Right. Like that there are, there, there's a binary that there are two ways to present in the world. Like it just, it opened up doors for me to be like, Oh, I actually like, there are parts of drag that I'm drawn to that are actually just like me. Like I just, I just want to paint my nails and, and sometimes I want to wear makeup out. And sometimes I want to wear clothing that is more frequently seen on a female body um, because it just makes me feel good. And so I think it, um, I think that's where so much of the fear and the groomer stuff comes into play because that's, that's what, that's what parents are afraid of because first of all, we're all misogynistic. <laughs> so we're very afraid of uh, our boys becoming girls Yeah, uh, because we see that as a, a, a weakness. And uh, you, you, I mean, that's just acres deep, that whole, yeah, that whole issue. But um, yeah. it, the, 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 the hyper focus on calling drag Queens groomers is just, it's, 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 it, it is, it's all fear-based. And I said earlier, like, I'd like to say that um, I'm not that worried about it, but unfortunately the world that we live in now, like we can see that little, little ideas, little sparks of fury and rage can become like full on national movements, full on political movements. People can be elected on those platforms now. And so we have to take it very seriously and we have to do this kind of education. <laughs> I mean, I, I have um, to agree with you because um, within 24 hours of, of Ali Stuckey, you know, tweeting um, kids going to drag friendly, uh, I'm sorry, uh, kid friendly drag shows, family friendly drag shows with their parents should be outlawed. Uh, in Texas, there was legislation being introduced to do that. Uh, meanwhile, yeah. we're still waiting for any kind of meaningful legislation over gun control, right? So, so it's very evident that even if it is not a large group of people who are who are doing this, they're very powerful and influential. Um, and also, to be frank with you, Flamey, you know, I'm concerned ab ab about physical safety as well. Some of the people yeah. who were protesting, protesting, quote unquote, at this Dallas thing, um, uh, were not good people. I, I know one of them in particular, John Doyle, uh, you know, far, far right, um, mm. misogynistic, uh, you know, nationalist, uh, just horrible person. Uh, the stuff he says is is downright scary, and so. And and so when, when when these things are attracted by by that by those kinds of people, um, you know it, it does make me go, man, we have to do something because this is not good. This is what yeah. you know who's coming to these protests and what they're trying to do is really misdirection for, in my opinion, for just maintaining white patriarchal uh, society and trying to demonize anything that comes up against it. Um, which yeah. is why I think right now we're seeing this big push. Plus, let's face it. 
uh, specifically white evangelicals respond very well to fear-based imminent threats. I mean, they are yes, they are suckers yes. for boogeymen. You grew up in 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 that world, so did I. It was always a new threat, right? It was Obama. It, it was gay rights. Mm-hmm. It was the liberals. It was satanic pan. I mean, there's always it's CRT. There's always something, yeah. you know, that that evangelicals are being told to rally around because if not, the end of America is imminent, which of course is just such propaganda. But it's very yeah. successful, and 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 that does concern me because I think. Not all white evangelicals, I mean, I would still identify as an evangelical, obviously, based on my name, but a Mm -hmm. lot of white evangelicals are not interested in, like, in data, they're not interested in trying to understand. They're they're really more interested in 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 the dogma and stories that they tell themselves, and then trying to find any fact or any story, no matter how minor it is, to then prove why their narrative about how they're telling the story of culture is therefore accurate, even if it's yeah. it's, it's maybe not as a whole. So. It, it does concern me, but I did want to ask you before I let you go. And I, again, I appreciate you making time. We have a few a few minutes here. Um, how about like your spirituality? I mean, where where do you find yourself now? Do you um, would you I, identify as as somewhere in the Christian tradition? Kind of really all done with that? You know, where where do you tend to land now as far as your faith, given how you were brought up and then where you are now? Yeah, this is the ongoing question, right? <laughs> yes, so. yes, it is. <laughs> Absolutely. I um, you know, I, I told you I started doing drag as just a personal thing in my bedroom, um, uh, for my own, just for my own edification. Yeah. And um, and then uh, you know, obviously started do, especially when pandemic hit. That's when like my my I, I just kicked it into full gear because I had you know tons of free time as we all suddenly found ourselves in March of 2020 um and started uh doing a like a weekly web show with my housemates so like people started seeing flamey and experiencing flamey and then my uh so I do go I I I am part of a church uh in San Diego called Sojourn Grace Mm. and my pastor there um uh Kate asked me she was like do you think flamey would want to give this sermon uh one week uh we're, t- we're, t- we're talking about spiritual wholeness and spiritual self-care do you think you would want to do that through the lens of drag and how that's mm. a self-care thing for you mm. and and i and that was that was like a little bit of a turning point for me because up to that wow. point it had just been like my own personal i'm doing this it was self-care for me um and wow. now i was like okay I, I she's asked me to talk about this like for other people especially to a group of people who like i don't think there are other I don't think there are any other drag performers in my church community. Um, <laughs> right. Uh, so I was like, how do I translate that? And um, I had, the, I had the TikTok account at that point, uh, but it was nothing like I had, you know, 12 followers or whatever. And right, right. I was like, well, I'm going to use this. I'm, I'm going to create a little 60 second sermon um, on my mm. TikTok and just explore what it sounds like for Flamey to talk about her spiritual life. Um, and I did that and I, th- I was like, ah, okay, I, there's a, there's like, there's a way for me to do this. I feel good about it. I posted the video. I went to bed and the next morning I woke up and had like completely blown up. And I was like, Oh shit. Flamey wow. is like, <laughs> there are a lot of eyes on Flamey now all of a sudden. Flamey is here and, to stay. <laughs> yeah. And not just that, but like, but, but, the fact that people were responding to a spiritual message from a drag queen, yeah, you know, flipped the script for me a little bit. And yeah, I was like, yeah. Oh, like I, I, it really opened my eyes to just how much of my, just how much of me, like 
is is in this character that I've created, right? Mm. Like, because it's not just it's not just me dressing up as a woman and dancing, right? Like, mm. I have been a lifelong musician and performer. Like, I get to take bring those things into my drag. I've had this life lifelong struggle with my faith and religion, and I I'm gonna bring that into my drag now and like talk about that there in that space. And so, um. <sighs> I'm trying to answer your question as best I can. I, I struggle with, um, identifying as Christian. Sure. Um, and sometimes I still want to identify as Christian because, um, I I've seen it, uh, uh, because of good examples that have been set for me by people who, um, are like, look, I don't, I, I can't get on board with any of the the religiosity of it and the, like the system of it. But, you know, if I, if I, step out of that space and I just like go have my private spiritual life in nature with God, me and God, then I am creating a void that is most likely going to be filled by the types of people that we've been talking about Mm. folks who are, who are very fear-based and who are going to make it that much harder for the next generation of queer kids coming up to come out. It's going to, it's going to cost a whole other generation, you know, 20 years of their lives before they can ever start to feel like themselves. Right. And, um, and so that is the draw for me in holding on to the what little what little place I may still have in mm. like my faith, um, at least from how other people perceive it, because um, I'm it's still the language I speak, right? Like I know how I know how to I know how it works. I know how to yes. move and operate. Like it's 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 and so much of it is just in my bones, just because it's been there since day one. Um, so it's, it's hard. It's hard to like, just say, I'm going to fully wash my hands of it. And, you know, it's not, it's not, it's not savable. It's not salvageable. Let's just, let's just walk away because even if it's not savable, even, even if it, even if the church can't be redeemed, there's still going to be countless queer kids who are going to grow up in the church. And there's not a lot of quote unquote Christian drag queens, right? Like there, there are, there are plenty of drag queens who are doing spiritual stuff. Um, and that's a thing I've learned since Flaming, mm-hmm. you know, came to be as well. Um, but just in terms of like people occupying space in the church and doing drag and being very, very loudly queer and, and telling kids that they are loved and that they are worthy. And, um, I, I don't see ton, a ton yeah. of that. So I love that. It's great. So yeah. um, last kind of maybe a little more lighthearted question for you, then, then I'll let you go. <laughs> so I'm looking at your Instagram, right? I'm, I'm seeing Flamey Grant in front of me. How long does it take you to, to, get, to get ready? Because I'll, listen, again, shooting straight with you, right? I am the most simple, non-fashionable person you're ever going to meet. I, I wear basketball shorts in my house all day. I wear Hanes solid t-shirts. My hair is barely, I mean, I, the idea of like even shaving, I'm like, ugh. What a pain in the ass. I mean, so for you, obviously, this is, you know, I'll, this is an art form. There's a lot going on here. But how long does it take you to get ready on average? You know, maybe that is actually the, maybe that's where we can draw the line and start calling something drag is when you are dedicated to the actual hours of uh, practice that it takes to to become 
good at something, right? Like, right. like you were saying earlier, like you've done Hulk a couple times and you're like, I'm never going to paint my body green again. Well, I'm sorry. You're not a drag queen. I'm sorry, Tim, <laughs> uh, because confirmed. you do, you do have to commit to, uh, to the practice itself. And, um, it does take me a good, uh, I, I, I can do, I can do my face in an hour, less than an hour now. Um, okay. and then, you know, getting body and costume and jewelry and nails and everything else together would be another. So I can, I can do it in an hour and a half if I have to. I really love to give myself like the full two and a half, three hours because it just, I, it's meditative for me. Like putting on the face, it's it, it's art itself, you know? And I'm yes. not a visual, I've never been a visual artist. I always wanted to be able to paint and yeah. draw and I sketch and I can't, can't do those things. But somehow I can like look in the mirror and do it reverse on my face and make it look somewhat decent. And um, so I love that. It's and I put on music or yes, uh, okay. ch- chants or something yeah. and and I get lost. I just it I lose track sounds, of time. It almost sounds kind of ritualistic for you because mm-hmm. okay again as a musician, right? Whenever I have gigs, I have my own rituals. I like yeah. I always like showering before I leave. I, I like leaving in plenty of time. I always get a cup of coffee. You know, like I just like being in that mode and I mm-hmm. like taking my time. Like I don't like like you said, I could I get to the gig, you know, right on time? Sure. But I want to get there an hour before, scope it out, maybe get a bite to yep. eat, right? So is it same kind of idea, same kind of elements Absolutely. here is what, is what I'm hearing you say. It's a ritual for you that just kind Absolutely. of kind of grounds you. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know, you learn something new every day doing this kind of work. I'll tell you what. <laughs> We uh, sure do. Yeah, you know, uh, Flamey, I, I really appreciate you making the time, especially when you're on vacation. Um, I'm going to have this out probably within 24 hours. I think it's important for the audience to hear uh, just the actual human, <laughs> a human who 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 sees and who has really, it sounds like what you're saying is that is that in a lot of ways, drag has really allowed you to express yourself, maybe even been a very healing, cathartic um, art form for you. So I'm so glad you were able to share that with us, and I appreciate you coming on. Where can people find you where are you located as far as online <laughs> not yeah, where you live <laughs> my clear. address is <laughs> please don't do um, that <laughs> no we will not be doing that i'm not going to self-dox thank uh, you I'm, just, I'm i'm at flamey grant on all the platforms uh so you can find me there my website's flameygrant.com awesome. um and if i can i'm just uh do a quick little plug i am recording uh, an album right now that i i kick-started fundraising for earlier this year so it's going to come out this fall it's gonna be a full length uh, album with like a lot of uh, special guests who are being featured and I, it's like some of my best work I think I've ever done in my life and I'm very excited about it so I'm all about just, new music so just plug in the music plug yeah. it away well I'm sure <laughs> we'll keep in touch I'm, I'm sure our paths will cross again so thanks for your time and I wish you well I appreciate it Tim thank you thank you